Good evening. Hello, junkies. Let that fade out. It's a great song. That is a good tune. That was, of course, um, wow, the late Jesus Prince Rogers Nelson. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was DJing uh, on Wednesday, and uh, you know, and I played some Prince. And, you know, my wife just uh, looked at me and she's like, I still can't believe he's gone. Some heavy stuff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it hit me a little harder than Bowie and Lemmy. You know, I I think so because he was so young. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, not not that you expect it ever, but uh, yeah, not at 57. And, you know, we don't we don't know much. You know, there's some every day there's another rumor, but, you know, we just know that. Um, he passed away on August 21st uh, at the age of 57 in his Paisley Park mansion yep. in the elevator. It, yeah. How, how weird was yeah. that? Did I text? I think I texted yeah. you. Because uh, actually that night I had a gig and I started playing um, Let's Go Crazy. Now, you know, I'm, I must have heard that song a bunch of times and never thought anything of it. And, you know, and but now I'm listening to it and I'm like. The elevator, you know, the line with the, the, you know, with the elevator. And I'm like, shit, I think, did he predict his own death years ago? There's another one, too. Um, The track, Sometimes It Snows in April. Yeah. Which is about his demise. Mm -hmm. It was released April 21st, 1985. He died April 21st, 2016. Wow. Ooh. And, and, um, D'Angelo played that on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Yep, I saw that. That was great. Yeah, that was that was that was a heavy uh, performance. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going around about the death. Um, we just found out um, yesterday that he did not have a will. He did which not. Which is surprising. No. Um, the estate is worth an estimated three hundred million dollars, mm -hmm. but after probate, that's going to be significantly significantly less. Yeah. So a, a bank has taken control of the estate. Um, and as of right now, uh, because both his both his parents are deceased, uh, he had no kids, had no wife. Uh, the li literally his like next of kin are like half brothers yeah. and sisters, and they've they've they're all of a sudden interested. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know yeah. about that. I yeah. don't know what the relationship he had with yeah. them was, but uh, oh yeah, they're definitely interested now. Yeah, his his half brother said he hasn't he hadn't spoken to him in fifteen years. Oh. So, but now he's uh coming to get that money. Well, the law's the law, you yeah. know. If <laughs> that's the next of kin, make a will. Make a will, yeah. Because then your shit will go into probate. Uh, the one cool thing I heard is that they they might turn Paisley Park into like another Graceland. I did hear which that. Is, that's kind of cool, that. you know. I've never even seen photographs of it. I don't, I don't think I don't. Yeah. I don't know what you know. It's insane. It is. Yeah, look it up when you get a chance. It's. Did it's, he have a swimming pool in the shape of the symbol? Probably. I, 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 I envision. <laughs> yeah. That. I, he had um, that symbol was everywhere in the house. So I do know every room was mic'd for recording. Wow. So, you know, if you're in the bathroom, mm -hmm. you can record right to the soundboard in the basement. Nice. Every room. So, what I, what I absolutely love is not only all the tributes I see posted of, of other artists and bands, you know, who are on tour right now, you know, doing a Prince song or something to that effect, but all the stuff from the the past that's coming out. Like I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I found out recently that after Prince recorded Purple Rain, he called up the guys in Journey and said, "This chord progression seems a little close to Faithfully. Are you cool with this?" Oh wow! Yeah, and they were like, 
dude, this is a great song. Release that shit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't even know. Yeah. That's cool. Because, you know, the, the, the ending of Purple Rain does have a close chord progression to the ending of Faithfully with the, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I never knew it was that close. I mean, I, I knew it was similar, but I was like, I thought nothing of it because there's a lot of songs that sound similar. But he actually called the guys in Journey and, t- you know, uh, what's his name? Neil. Uh, oh, Neil Sean. Neil, yeah, Sean. And he, he recounts it. He, he's, he, you know, somebody from their camp was like, um, Prince wants to take a meeting with you. And they're like, <laughs> Prince? <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. And they said, absolutely. Release that. It sounds awesome. Nice. That's cool. And then uh, I had posted a video uh, on our Rock and Roll Junkies uh, Facebook page. I did not know that Purple Rain was a live recording. Yeah, you kind of hear it at the tail end, but I just mm-hmm. thought maybe that was added in. I wasn't sure. Did you watch the video? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, just, you know, it, it goes bit by bit. It's like, okay, well, here's here's a section that they cut, and here's a section that they moved, and, and this and that. And then that whole epic guitar riff, at the end of the solo, mm-hmm. was just off the top of his head. Yeah, I li- and I like the little caption. It was like Prince. Prince knew that this was a good riff, so he's gonna ride it out a little longer. And then, obviously, for the audio, uh, you know, um, for the album, they cut a little bit of it out. Um, but the, the video also pointed out where you can hear certain screams from audience members and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is the most fascinating video yeah. I've ever seen about the making of a song. Yeah. I would have never known that that was a live recording. Nice. It was at some benefit, and it was probably could have been the first time that they ever played it live. I mean, they took it back in the studio and made some tweaks and, yeah. and this and that. But yeah, but for the most part, that is a live recording. That's awesome. And I think it's awesome. It just you know shows you the talent. It's not only the talent of Prince, but he always surrounded himself with the most talented musicians. Yep. Yeah. Every, and a lot of people don't know too is, um, I'm pretty sure it's on. Every note on every album, I think, is him in the studio. He might it have, could be. He might have had some, you know, he had some guest musicians here and there. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he played everything himself and took the band out on the road with him. He was a hell of a bass player. That, <laughs> and a drummer, too. Yeah. Even, like, I was just, and I was going to say, too, his guitar work, like, the casual Prince fan doesn't realize how amazing of a guitar player he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, just watch. My favorite is the Prince Live at the Aladdin in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Get that DVD; it'll blow your mind. I mean, so just by sheer chance, uh, you know, as all this stuff's coming about, out about Prince, I read an article about his. You know, um, one of his iconic instruments is that Telecaster he plays, mm-hmm. uh, which was a honer, I believe. It was either honer or no, it was, it was it was a honer, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So you know, I'm imagining, I'm like, that was probably like you know. A dime store cheap guitar that you know, you know, put it in the hands of Prince and it sounds great. So I went on eBay. I was like, I was like, what if you know these things? You know what they these things go for? And I'm like, there's probably a ton of them on eBay. No, there was one. And the auction ended three days after his death. Uh, and I went back, and the guy had tried to sell it for a long time, and it, now Prince died, and it sold for nineteen hundred dollars. Wow. Damn. Yeah, I guess. They're hard to come by, but you know, I mean, you know, we we, we know what happens with the price of things when people die. But yeah, uh, but I just I I was reading the history of the guitars and stuff, and, and I found that fascinating as well. I was looking at his his chain of uh, pedals. There's nothing nothing out of the ordinary. It was all Boss pedals and a, and a wah, you know, and a whammy, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, simple guy. Did you watch the um, Saturday Night Live tribute? Yeah, I did. That was great. 
I love that every time he finished a performance, he He's basically dropped out. the guitar, and walked up, and left. <laughs> and then I rewatched that uh, the clip of him performing with uh, the guys in the Traveling Wilburys. Oh yeah, yeah. For that, uh, it was for a benefit night or yep. something with George Harrison's yep. son. And he, when he was done, he threw his guitar to his roadie guy and walked yep. off stage. Did you notice that, like, when everyone else was playing, he was just kind of hanging in back, just waiting. Yeah. He's like, "Watch this." He's like, "I'm gonna fuck this up." <laughs> And but, like, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, at a loss for words. But you know, there's such a there's such a an air of mystery around the guy, very private guy, you know, you know. But but always, uh, always a fan of music. Like yeah. I watched clips recently where he got, you know, he got on stage with like Sheryl Crow. Yeah, it's like I don't put Sheryl Crow and Prince in the same category at all. But you know, he's a fan of music, and um, somebody published. A list of the last eight albums he bought. Oh yeah, did yeah. you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, yeah, there's. I think there was. There might have been James Brown in there, or something Stevie like Wonder. that. Yeah. yeah, but then there was Missing Persons. Yep. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, you just you know, nothing gets old. Yeah. No, that's. And I'm, one of my fondest memories was um, you and I both saw the Musicology tour. Mm-hmm. I saw it in Hartford. Yeah, I saw it in Boston. Um, he comes out on stage. Well, basically. You know, the stage was in the round, kind right. of. Um, they must have wheeled him out in like a like a crate, like a something. They wheeled something to the stage. Oh, right. And, and I was like, Prince has to be in that. <laughs> so this thing gets wheeled to the stage. And then all of a sudden, like he comes up the middle of the stage, like his little elevator. <laughs> they start jamming. They're jamming for about 20 minutes. He stops, goes up to the mic, and he goes, Harford. You have no idea what the fuck I'm gonna do to you tonight, and I was like, "Oh my!" And he just blew it, unbelievable. And he plays long sets. He does. It was almost three hours. Yeah. I mean, I recently went back and looked at the set list, and I'm like, "This was a good, good night." And that was like right when uh, my wife and I first started dating. I got I got lucky because uh, <laughs> when uh, when we when my wife and I met, she already had tickets in hand for. Uh, I think I told you before the killers before anybody knew who the killers were yep. were, and within the first month or two of us dating, we saw Prince and Madonna. Nice. So it's it's like, and uh, I was listening to, was it Adam Curry who used to be the the VJ on uh, MTV? Yep. I was listening to his show on uh, um on uh, the eighty station on on Sirius because after I found out that Prince had passed, I had to go to a gig. Um, so I'm listening to to his tribute the whole time, and you know he he even said you know when you think you know back in the day when you thought about the like the Mount Rushmore of that era it was like Michael Jackson, Madonna, Prince, and then maybe like Bruce Springsteen or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the icons are disappearing. Yeah, we said that with Bowie. Yeah, like who who's carrying the torch? I mean, for me, me personally, the two biggest ones left are Paul McCartney and Paul Stanley. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, like you know, people have their their idols, but I mean, they're. I mean, yeah, we're losing them all, man. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, insane. And this isn't even half the list, but died in uh, 2016 already. Yeah, Prince, David Bowie, Keith Emerson, Sir George Martin. Uh, Paul Kantner from Jeff- Jefferson Airplane, Jimmy Bain, the bass player for Rainbow and Dio, Glenn Fry, and uh, uh, Jason McEnroth, the the drummer from Rollins Band, and and that's only half. I mean, there's there's a whole yeah. bunch of other guys that uh, I saw that had 
passed away this year. It's 2016. It's only April. Blows, you know, and Lemmy wasn't too far off from 2016. Yeah, he so was, was December 28th. Scott Weiland was a few weeks before that. Right. You know, it was all December. So, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, if if you as far as Prince's legacy, like I said, like this this hit me a little harder than Bowie for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, thirty nine studio albums, I think it is. Like you have that list. I don't have the whole list of yeah, albums. Just, yes, it was thirty nine studio albums from nineteen seventy eight to two thousand fifteen. That's a that's that, yeah. Heard of? He the guy constantly worked. Yeah, and you know why he worked? Because he wasn't out like making fucking trouble for himself yeah, or exactly. you know getting on TMZ or or, or anything. You know. You know, if if you know if if the toxicology report does come out that you know he was on something, who knows? You know, but you know what? He kept that private. Yeah, that was him. That was you know. He didn't flaunt and get no, arrested. exactly. You know? He didn't cause trouble at yeah. bars. You know, if anything, you know, he he would just show up, you know, and take over a place. Yeah. So when I was listening to the um the tribute on the eighty station, uh, they relayed a story from Questlove. So Questlove you know, back in the day was a, was a hot New York DJ, you know, before, before the, um, well, maybe even maybe during the roots, but definitely before the Jimmy Fallon era. Um, and so I guess, uh, Questlove attended a Prince show and Prince knew that he was there and, you know, knew he was the hot DJ and he sent, Prince sent one of his people down to talk to Questlove and, and the guy said, Prince wants you to go set up an after party. So <laughs> Questlove left the Prince show to go to this club, set everything up, get his DJ stuff together. Oh, oh, and he also had to provide a pool table for Prince in case he wanted to play pool. So as the story goes, they had like they had like 20 guys trying to lift a pool table up two flights of stairs so Prince could have a spot to play pool. And so he Questlove set this whole thing up. And I guess as the story goes, Prince walks in with his his people and Questlove's thinking oh you know maybe maybe he's into you know maybe he wants to listen to some James Brown so he starts putting some James Brown on and stuff like that somebody from Prince's camp comes up to Questlove and goes uh yeah Prince really isn't feeling this and uh uh he wants you to put this on and he hands him a DVD he goes yeah Prince just wants to kind of chill out and watch this and uh, I guess it was the DVD of Finding Nemo <laughs> right <laughs> and I'm like that makes sense to me. <laughs> what are you going to say? No. Right. Prince wants to watch Finding Nemo. Yeah. Get the fucking DVD player out. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. He just wants to chill out. Did you hear the um, the ping pong story? No. Went, well, so um, Jimmy Fallon had Prince on the show on the ten- or when he was late night. And mm-hmm. um, they were talking. And so Prince wanted... Prince challenged Jimmy to a game of ping pong. Mm-hmm. So apparently Susan Sarandon has a ping pong themed bar in New York. Oh, really? It's Spin. Oh, God, I got to go there. <clears throat> so Prince is like, you know, I'm going to be there at midnight. You show up. I want to <laughs> play you in pinball. Jimmy's like. Wait, like, pinball or ping pong? Oh, ping pong. I'm ping sorry. Pong. It's ping pong. So Jimmy's at dinner and he's like, I got to go. Prince <laughs> wants me to play ping pong. So he goes to this club. And he says, you know, Prince is like, you know, crushed blue velvet suit holding the paddle. It's like there's smoke behind him. There's lights. And so he's like, you ready, Jimmy? So he serves, like, goes right past him. Prince has a point, And he's like, one nothing. 
<laughs> so they keep going, you know, and Jimmy said it's like it's like ten to eight and Prince mm-hmm. holds up the paddle and he's like, game point. <laughs> so he hits the ball, it bounces, it goes over Jimmy. Jimmy turns around to look for the ball, like he's under the table. Uh-huh. He gets up, Prince is gone. Oh my god. <laughs> and he's like, there's still lights going. There's you know, it looked like he floated away or something. <laughs> so at this point, Prince is in his car and Quest Love is coming to meet them at the club. Mm-hmm. So he's at the light and he goes up to the window and he knocks on the window and he said the tinted window just goes down and he goes, What happened to the ping pong game? And Prince just goes, Ask your boy. <laughs> <laughs> So just like it's so, <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just like uh, I went back and rewatched um, the Chappelle show. Oh, the basketball, uh, of Charlie. Yeah. You know, it's like they, you know, they all change in their basketball gear. Prince comes out in the same <laughs> suit. Shoot the J. <laughs> Why don't you purify yourself with Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> Oh, I gotta go back and rewatch it, that. It is yeah. the funniest bit. Yeah. yeah, I think that might even be funnier than the uh, Rick James bit. Yeah. <laughs> those, those, the Charlie Murphy true Hollywood yeah. stories. Oh, I miss man. it. That was that was yeah, that was funny great. stuff. That was funny stuff. And then I loved watching the uh, Saturday Night Live tribute, showing footage of Prince at the after party. Yeah. Uh, playing "Let's Go Crazy" in that kind of that like funky with, version. Yeah. that was great. That was hot. You notice he just left there too. At he the did. End. He, he just did. walked off. You see him go off the side of the camera. He did. What the only thing that bothered me about that was the girls from Haim on oh, stage yeah. with him. Like, <laughs> get off. I like how he handed the guitar away that wasn't even his. Oh right, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, just, no, we need that we back. Need... <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, fl- fl- yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, and all I'm thinking, you know, as a musician, I'm like, that guitar is still plugged in. Yeah, there's not much slack on that chord. <laughs> but yeah, watch that clip. Uh, if you haven't seen the Saturday Night Live tribute to Prince, it's on Hulu. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure you can find it on other outlets. But uh, it shows every Prince performance from Saturday Night Live, a few Prince skits, and then a. Uh, well, at the time, it was a never-before-seen footage from uh, Prince playing at the after-party of the 40th anniversary? Yeah. 40th anniversary. At 4.30 in the morning. At 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And a drunk Jimmy Fallon singing along with yeah. him. I like, um, I never, I've never seen those sketches, the Prince show. Oh, I, no? I, never, I didn't remember those, so that was cool to see, too. Yeah, Jen, Jen and I, uh, you know, ever since we've been married, that's kind of like our, our thing. We watch... Uh, well, we watch Saturday Night Live on uh, socially Sunday morning. That's what I yeah I do with my coffee. <laughs> yes, yeah, like an adult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so Prince uh, Prince will be missed. So there's another one. There's a hell of a band in heaven now. Seriously, I mean, just I, I mean, I can go on forever about this, mm-hmm. but you know, um, feel free to send us your thoughts on this. You post them on our Facebook page. You know, and the funny thing about that was um. As I said, he uh, he he. We found out that he passed away, and I had to go to a gig. It was a it was a four hour gig. I was doing some trivia and just and DJing, and you know, as soon as I got there, as soon as I got my gear sh- show, uh, set up and and guests started showing up, they all kind of like flocked to me. And uh, uh, the first thing I got was like, "Hey, music man!" I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Prince? And I'm like, and and then that became the like the theme of the night. Everybody wants to know my opinion on Prince. You know, I'm I'm like I fucking love Prince. You know, yeah. what, do, what do I don't know what else to say. I'm like I'm you know, just because I'm a DJ, I don't love many less than you. Yeah, exactly. You know? But we will be playing Prince all night. Nice. <laughs> and they love that. They're like just 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 play Prince. I'm like fine, we got it. We got to find a recording of that. 
version of Let's Go Crazy. It's got to be like an outtake or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That new that band that he had, um, Third Eye Girl. Yeah. yeah they were, that they, was a hot band. That was a good band. Um, like you said, he always surrounded himself. His band's rotating door of just brilliant mm-hmm. musicians. And I love the fact that they showed up to that party. They didn't have their own instruments. Yeah. That they, was all, they, yeah. That was all the instruments that Lauren Michaels kind of just had on stage if anybody wanted to play them. You know, and I and I love to see the inner workings of the band, especially because I'm in a band. You know, where they're, you know, right before the girl was about to take the guitar solo, she's down tweaking the pedals. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I need some more drive, and you could tell a few times she didn't get like the feedback and stuff that she wanted to. You know, but you know, but they but they made it work. I was actually surprised she took the girl took the solo at the end of Let's Go Crazy, and Prince did not. You noticed though how his guitar sounded mm. perfect though. Oh yeah, no, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like there's an old story about. Uh, uh, Ted Nugent, to, Ted Nugent, uh, strapped on Eddie Van Halen's guitar and played through Eddie's rig and pedals and everything, and it still sounded like Ted Nugent. Really? So it's not always the gear; it's the player. Nice. Okay. Oh, that's good. Good stuff. So, yep, I'm sure uh, we'll find out more in the uh, upcoming weeks. They did an autopsy on Prince. They're waiting for a few more results, but at this point, you know, I don't even, I don't even care how. You know, when, when, you know, somebody like that passes or Bowie, like, I don't so much care how. Yeah. You know, it's just they did. And it's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate because, you know what, P- Bowie, Bowie knew it was coming and he said his goodbyes in the last album. Lemmy, maybe, you know, kind of, you kind of had a sense that that was coming. Prince, psh, nothing. Nowhere. Nothing. He probably had a lot more music in him. Oh, man. I mean. We were robbed. They said, um, I don't know if it's true, but they said he was working. Prior to his death, he worked like three days straight in the studio. I'm sure. Oh, and and the vault. They have a vault. Oh, my God. He said in an interview in, I think it was 2004, Mm -hmm. he said he could release an album every month for 22 years. That's how much music he has in there. Whoever gets control of all that, I hope they take a lot of care and start and and release that stuff. Release an album every couple months or whatever, you know, that's... Because, I mean, didn't Tupac release more albums dead than alive? He did. It can be done. <laughs> it can be done yeah, the so, right way. Yeah. You know, Kiss released Vault stuff. Yep. As a matter of fact, I just read an article with uh, Nikki Six. I was like, it's like uh, Motley Crue is far from over. We have lots of stuff in the works. We have stuff in the vault. We have old recordings. We have old we have old videos to, to release and stuff. Um, they're still talking about that Dirt movie. Yep. So they said that, you know, in the next few years, there will still be new Motley Crue material coming out. Interesting. These vaults. Yeah. And they, they interviewed I don't have a um, vault. No, but they, they interviewed the architect who designed Paisley Park on CNN. Uh-huh. And Prince actually, like, it's an actual vault with, like, the wheel turn and a bank. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's steel, and that's what he wanted. It's just, he said, picture, like, a record store, just racks mm-hmm. of demo tapes and cds and there's the motorcycle from purple rain is oh, in there nice so my only fear is i kind of don't i don't want any like skeletons to come out of the closet that would maybe taint my opinion of prince yeah you know so i mean i just i that that's a, my that's my worst fear you know you know find out you know some some way or another you know you know he had this other life yeah, but, yeah. you know <laughs> i'm sure that won't happen but that would be my biggest disappointment. Yeah, no, we don't want that. I don't want to ruin the fantasy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, it's still still a fresh wound. Yes, yes. 
going to sip this whiskey. Give me one second. <laughs> yes, and we should move on to something else. So, okay, I got like five pages of prints here. Nice. So, um, because I have nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, Guns N' Roses. Yes. Added a second show to the New Jersey MetLife Arena because the first one sold out. So this tour is selling. And uh, I think they might have added another Massachusetts date oh, as nice. well. If not, then I think they're adding Boston. So there's going to be some more in our area. You think, uh, well, no, I was going to say they probably won't do the casino because they're sticking to large. It's too, yeah. it's too small. It's too small. They'd have to do like four nights there or something. Yeah. They, if they were to do Connecticut, it'd have to be Hartford Civic Center. And I don't even know how much that holds anymore. Well, I mean, even Springsteen has to do two nights there. So, right. you know, they have to do two or three. Wow. But, hey, it just goes to show you, we, we talked about ticket prices. I, if I guess the demand is there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's shocking. And um, I wish I could afford good seats, but, you know, it's. They're going to walk away with all their kids' college tuitions <sighs> and then some. <laughs> God, so much money. At, so much money. Up so much money. And apparently it was Duff McKagan who got this going. I did read that. He, read that. he was like the uh, the peace broker. Yeah. And um, I don't know if this is true, but apparently it, it it came together when Slash got divorced from his wife mm-hmm. in 2014 because Axel thought she was too controlling, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what it takes. Hey, somebody did it. I, I, st- I still can't believe, I mean, he... Not one show has been canceled yet. Nope. <laughs> so. Nope. And I and I, I keep checking the uh, set, set list, and they are adding things in here and there. Yeah, they added um, "Out to Get Me," and I think. Um, uh, did they add fourteen years? Fourteen. Yeah, I think they, they did. And but now they they just did the final Coachella last weekend. Yes. So Axel is going to do those ACDC shows in Europe. Oh, those are before. Those are before the, oh, because okay. the Guns N' Roses tour is, is technically kicks off in June. I oh, think. okay, gotcha. So he has twelve dates in Europe. With, so is he going to bring the throne with him? Yeah, he must. Wow. Yeah. Um, I did read that some of the bigger venues in Europe are offering people refunds, just in case. In <laughs> case you do not want to see ACDC with Axel. And that's got to be that, that's got because because my wife and I had this discussion. She asked me like a few days ago. She's like, "Do you think they're going to offer refunds for something like?" It? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, how many times have I bought tickets to a band and I show up and I'm like, that's not their guitar player, and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Like, you know, we we went to see uh, we when we got tickets um, to Kill Switch Engage. It was during the interim between Howard and Jesse coming back, and we show up and it's Phil from All That Remains. Oh, Phil singing. Switch. Yeah, it was the Phil Switch Engage. Yeah. You know, like we didn't get offered any refunds for that, yeah, and, and so I was actually very surprised that they offered refunds for the ACDC. So you know, it takes a big band to do that um, for for the for the uh, the people making those decisions about tickets to offer refunds because you know bands lose members all the time, and you know show must go on kind of thing. But uh, yeah, not for <laughs> that's got to be an ego boost to Axel. Yeah, because they say that he, since his announcement, um, uh, it's it's been a lot of negativity. Yeah, a lot of ne- ne- a lot of negativity from from fans. I'm kind of neutral. I mean, I want to hear some of it. For I want to. Yeah, I do want to hear some of it. But um, if I paid for tickets to see ACDC, uh, I. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I'd be as as excited because I've never seen ACDC before, yeah. and I don't want to see ACDC with a fill-in singer. 
That's what I think we talked about. Even this, if it is um, Axel. Yeah. I think we mentioned this last time. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I, I think it's a good idea for them to think about like throwing, you know, just throwing the towel in. Yeah. You know, just, you had a great run with two excellent singers. Right. Not many bands can do that. Do you know? Don't even do a farewell tour. Do a farewell show yeah. somewhere. Do it in Australia with here. with Brian, and I'm sure he's got a show left in him. Yeah. He seems crushed that he can't yeah. uh, he can't uh, do it anymore. You know, because of his hearing problems. But you know what? I listened to Eddie Trunk. Eddie Trunk made a great point. There's there's been a lot of guys that have had hearing trouble that have continued. Like how many how many years ago did Pete Townsend exactly. say he I can't perform live anymore or and I it, or I have to play acoustic and he goes out with a electric guitar. Yeah, because yeah. technology, you know, with the in-ear monitoring system and things like that, it can it can be done. It, it yeah. still just seems so sudden. I feel like there's there's something else we don't know, but whatever. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's their business. It's their business. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll see footage soon enough of uh, Axel fronting ACDC because that's a that's a tall order yeah. to, and big shoes to fill. Yep. So, and I, I'm anticipating uh, hecklers. Oh, yeah. It's going to be and bad. And signs. Yeah. You know, those signs overseas can be brutal. Yeah, they, they'll throw piss at you. <laughs> and shit. Yeah. I, I just watched that. Uh, did you watch the uh, Twisted Sister see, documentary? Yeah. 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 That, that was good, right? It was good. Uh, so, guys, there's a Twisted Sister documentary on Netflix right now. Um, it's called, I think it's called Twisted Fucking Sister. Yeah. Um, uh, spoiler alert, I'll just give it to you. Um, the documentary ends with them getting signed Which to Atlantic yeah. Records. Nothing, no, no, no MTV era, no we're not going to take it. it. The whole story, and it's a two-hour and ten-minute documentary, is about their struggle to kind of get signed and the things that happen along the way when some of it is like, like they got dealt some shit hands, you know, they, you know, just for example, they, they were, they were a day away from signing with some record label and the record executive dies of a heart attack on the plane the night before, <laughs> you know, Jeez. that kind of thing's like out the window. So it was just kind of things like that, that kind of like snowballed and, but it's great. Cause you see early incarnations of uh twisted sister, uh, with different members, uh, you also see see them performing when they used to just do like David Bowie covers and Lou Reed covers, T Rex. They did all that kind of stuff. They, you know, because they used to be a, a house band at some bar. They would play four hours a night. Wow, you know, or you know, a few nights a week, that kind of thing. They were, you know, every every Thursday or every Friday, whatever. They were the house band. I miss those days. <laughs> I don't know if I, and that was the job that you lived on. You you yeah. did four hours a night, and that you know you were the house man. You made a living. You just spent your days learning new songs. Yeah, I think that'd be fun as hell. Yeah, they did say it, t- it took a toll, but you know, he also had lots of excesses too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but good documentary. Check that out on Netflix. We went off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, we we're talking about the Guns N' Roses tour. Yes. Um, so yeah, so get ready for Axel with ACDC. Guns N' Roses summer tour starts, I believe, June twenty third, maybe something About like that. that. Um, you know, I hope they pull it off. They're mm-hmm. they're adding shows. Um, Axel's been on time. He broke his foot. He didn't cancel anything, which I was really shocked at. Um, so yeah, man, they're doing it twenty yeah. years later, and and they're fucking doing it finally. 
Yeah, this, that's what the one thing they said. Axel is on time. Yeah. Because you know people are shelling out big bucks for these shows. They're not taking any shit this time. I think I it's one of the one of the nights in Vegas, he was like a half hour late. Right. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. No, but, that's nothing. But the next night, he went on exactly at 11, and people were like losing their shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's on time. Plus, I think, you know, if you go on on time, you get... um. I think you get a better response from the audience because, you know, you, you go on an hour late. People are like, what the fuck? And yeah, then they start getting there. angry. You know, I I went to the opening night uh, a year or two ago of the, one of the extreme uh, tours, mm-hmm. the one where they were doing porno, porno graffiti from start to finish. Yeah. That was the tour. I was there opening night. And their plane was late or something was late getting in. And the show actually started over an hour late. I never heard a crowd like that boo a band when they got on stage. And, really? And Nuno's trying to play like Damage Control or Grisari, you know. And the crowd was booing the shit out of them. Wow. So so I would rather go on time and be, have people still be excited than people look at their watch and be like, what the fuck? I got to go. I got to go to work tomorrow. Was that the extreme show where they um, where they curtained off half the arena? Uh, Yes. So it was even... Yes. So it was a little smaller. And, you know, and they do that sometimes at the Mohegan Sun Arena. Uh, I saw a Buck Cherry show there like where, they, where they curtained off half the arena. did like a half arena show. So what, do they curtain it at the soundboard? They curtain it... No, or, they, well, actually... Um, or they put they, a different It's stage. literally... Um, so where the stage is at the far end, yeah. they actually have a curtain that cuts off half... Oh, okay. It's right down the middle, and the band is in front of that curtain, then you still have the soundboard, and then you still have... So actually, it's much better seats. Yeah, nice. Um, I, I wish they would do more half shows. As a matter of fact, I, I, I said that it's the first time I saw Vince Neil in the Wolf's Den, and I, I saw how many people couldn't get into the Wolf's Den. I'm like, they should have made it a fucking half show at the arena, but you know, nobody pays me to make these decisions. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> the casino. Yeah. Uh, what was he got? Um, honestly, that's really it. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it kind was, of a slow news a week. Slow news week. Um, Prince took up a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll have some more stuff for you next week, but we do have, um, you want to do a song now or sure yeah, we can do a song do a song now, then jump into our list after. Yeah. I got a few, a few new songs for you guys tonight. Uh, uh some exciting stuff coming out. Uh, the first one I'm going to play for you is if you have not watched the series vinyl yet. Al and I really dig it, and we think you'll dig it too. It's on HBO, so if you got HBO Go or know somebody with an HBO Go password, just uh, get it. And there's been a lot of cool music on the show, and it's been systematically released. Yeah. Uh, you know, every every week after the show airs, they release music from that particular show on iTunes. So there's a new song. Uh, you know how much I love Royal Blood. So I'm going to play uh, play you this song. It's called Where Are You Now? It's a new song. It's off of the vinyl volume 1.8. And you can check that out on iTunes. And all the music from the vinyl series is fantastic. So check this out. New Royal Blood.
Woo! That's a kick-ass tune. Dude, I love everything those guys yeah, put out. They're so good. Two guys. <laughs> two guys making all that noise. Yep. Love it. I love it. I can't wait for their next album. All right. Top five. Got some emails? I do. Well, based on all the uh, Guns N' Roses news, uh, last show we asked you to uh, send in your top five Guns N' Roses songs. So first email I got was Dave. Dave uh, Dave said that he knew this was coming. (laughs) (laughs) He had it kind of already in his head. Um, Dave's uh, number five for top uh, Guns N' Roses song is You Could Be Mind. He says it's the best drum beat since Hot for Teacher. Wow. That's high praise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four, It's So Easy. He says, the first GNR song I ever heard, I was in the eighth grade and a buddy had a cassette in his Walkman at school and told me I had to listen to this band. I was hooked instantly and had my father bring me to Strawberries when he got home from work so I could buy it. So actually that came out when, so he was in eighth grade. I was in sixth grade, I think, when that came out. Yeah. Yep. And I had to convince my mom to get me that cassette that had a parental advisory sticker on it. The struggle. Yeah, I think she. I think we got it from uh, Music Box in Hamden. Nice. Uh, Dave's number three is Don't Cry. He says, I just love the melody of the song and the harmony between uh, Axel and Shannon. Or the Shannon Hoon. Yes, of Blind Melon fame. Uh, number two, Yesterday. This may be one of their best studio-produced songs, and I can listen to it all day. And uh, Dave's number one song is Rocket Queen. He Ooh. says, not only my favorite GNR song, but as I've stated before, it is my favorite rock song of all time. All time. All time. Wow. Nice. Love it. Excellent. And we have a uh, email here from Meredith. Welcome back, Meredith. Thank you, Meredith. Meredith offered all uh, of us uh, some great ideas for some future top fives. Uh, I'll give you a couple that I was really impressed with. Uh, bad movies with great soundtracks. Because we've done soundtracks before, yeah. but not uh, from bad movies. Because as a matter of fact, I did a, a trivia round recently uh, of music from movies of the 90s. And uh, one, of, one of them was uh, Goo Goo Dolls Iris, which oh, okay. people forget was City from the movie City of yeah. Angels was like who who remembers City yeah. of Angels? They remember the song. So that's a that's a great idea for a top five. Um uh best cover songs. I think we might have done that uh once in the past, but that that's still something worth revisiting because people are putting out great covers all the time. Uh I like this one. Songs that really made you love music. That Ooh. first really, you know, said That's good. I like that. Uh best songs to have sex to. Yes. We've talked about that before. That will definitely be one coming up. Uh, guilty pleasures, songs or bands that you, uh, songs or bands that you love, but are embarrassed to admit you love them. <laughs> For me, it's Kelly Clarkson. I'm not going to say mine. I don't... <laughs> um, and then, uh, th- this is a really good one. Uh, songs that instantly bring you back to a time or place or specific memory from your past could be childhood or adult. And what is that memory? Good. We got to get married that, within here. You know, I got to tell you that could get really heavy. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, best karaoke songs and best one-hit wonders. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. That's good. So thank you for those suggestions, uh, Meredith. We appreciate it. Uh, on to her uh, top five Guns N' Roses songs. Her honorable mentions are Since I Don't Have You. Uh, yeah, she says, I know it's a cover, but it's a good one. I will not dispute that. That is a good tune. Uh, another honorable mention was Welcome to the Jungle. Her official top five 
Uh, number five, Yesterdays. Number four, Mr. Brownstone. Number three, she says it's a tie between Don't Cry and Sorry. Oh, Chinese uh, democracy. Right, there. yeah. Wow, Meredith. Deep. Yes. Um, number two, Civil War. And number one is Paradise City. And she also includes her her what she thinks is the worst Guns N' Roses song, which is Garden of Eden. Okay. I can't disassociate that song from the video. Yeah, it's a with, weird video. With the bouncing yeah. and the fisheye. I can't sing. I can tell you every <laughs> lyric, though. But yeah, I can't sing it that fast either. Yeah. So thank you, Meredith. We look forward to uh, getting more lists from you in the future. Nice. Is that it? That's it for our emails. All right. So <clears throat> me being the co-host of this show, I decided to do a top 10. Oh, <laughs> So my honorable mentions are everything I don't list in my top 10 because there's just too many of them. So um, those of you that know me, I am a huge Guns N' Roses fan. So after a lot of whiskey and crying and paper (laughs) and anger, here's my list. Number 10 is pretty tied up off of Use Your Illusion 2. I love the lyrics. Great kick-ass tune. I remember the t-shirt. Yes, I had that. Oh my yes. god, that was a great, yep. a great piece of artwork. But number nine is "The Garden," featuring guest vocals by Mr. Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, love that song. Number eight is "Dead Horse" off of "Use Your Illusion One." I love the video. Number seven is "So Fine," um, ah. the vocal tag team of Axel and Duff. Can't beat that. Number six, Mr. Brownstone, um, everyone's favorite drug dealer. <laughs> Number five is Yesterdays. Um, everything David said, it's a beautifully produced piece of music. Uh, number four is My Michelle. Um, Sweet Lucy played that every night, and it's just one of their best songs. Guns N' Roses, not Sweet Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> Our best song was Sex Scars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number three is Rocket Queen. Um, for It's just, just for the moaning alone. I mean, it's a great song. <laughs> Number two is Don't Cry. Um, it's a beautiful ballad, and the, the vocals between Axel and Shannon, untouchable. And number one, no surprise, I could not find a reason to not put this in my number one, is Estranged. Um, try to tell me something wrong with that song, and I will challenge <laughs> you. You can email me here directly. Yep. There it is. Excellent. So when we decided to do this this top five, you know, I was like, this is very familiar. This is very familiar. And I f- figured out why as I'm putting together the list. Because back in December, we asked people to send in their top five songs from their favorite band. Oh, and at okay. the time, like... I did Guns N' Roses. So I went back and revisited my list from then. And there's been some changes. Oh. So back in December, my top five went yesterday's. Four is Rocket Queen. Three is Night Train. Two is My Michelle. Number one is Estranged. But since then, I think I, I think with all the Guns N' Roses hype, I've gone back and revisited a lot of the stuff. I find myself putting Guns N' Roses on Spotify and stuff like that. And um, so uh, with that, my, so my new updated list, not much has changed, but a few have changed. Uh, for honorable mentions, I threw 14 years in there. Breakdown, which is another great epic song. Uh, their cover of uh, Nice Boys and their cover of I Don't Care About You. Oh, that's great. From Spaghetti yeah. Incident. You know, uh, very cool stuff. And actually, in in revisiting 
almost I would I would venture to say maybe 30 30 to 30 to 35 percent of their studio albums are covers yeah there's a lot of it's a lot of covers yeah um so uh my official top five my updated top five uh number five is the garden I've kind of rediscovered that song and I fucking love it uh my number four is still rocket queen uh my number three is my Michelle my number two went from being a, an honorable mention to being number two, which is It's So Easy. I think because uh, my band toyed around with the uh, with the idea of covering that, and I went back and relearned it on bass, I'm like, this is yeah. killer. Uh, but my number one has not changed. It is still estranged, and there's no denying that. I knew you. I, I knew we'd have the same one. Yeah, yeah it's there's just, it's, just uh, it's, it's a wonderful composition, and I don't think that the Fairweather Guns N' Roses fan has the kind of same kind of appreciation that we have for that song. That song live is beautiful too. The, the piano and everything. It's excellent. I remember, I remember, you know, cause you know, I got user illusion one and two and that's the song I was immediately drawn to. And I couldn't wait for a video to come out. Yeah. And we knew it, we knew it was coming too. Mm-hmm. like, but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's great. Good list. Good list. So no surprise for our next show. We'd like you to send in your top five Prince songs. Yes. The Prince tribute list. And actually, um, Meredith had a great idea, too. Uh, She says, uh, you were probably already going to do this one, top five Prince songs, but have that also include songs that he wrote for other musicians. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, so I mean, if, if you could, we, could, we could do two lists and do an all-inclusive, but uh, definitely send us your top five Prince songs, and uh, I will definitely put something together for songs that he wrote for other people. One of my favorites that he wrote is uh, Manic Monday for the Bengals. I don't think I knew he yeah. wrote Or maybe I didn't forgot. I, I yeah. forgot about that. Mm. <laughs> I still love Nothing Compares to You, oh, and man. I love his version yeah. of Nothing Compares to You as well. Yeah, good stuff. You know, just a talent that is is gone. Gone too gone soon. Gone too soon. Yes, please send us your top five Prince songs. And if you don't like Prince, then I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's Agreed. one thing. I mean, you know, uh, you know, you, you find the, the hard hardest core metalhead and I bet you they're still a Prince fan. Look at all the tributes that are coming out, like yeah. Corey Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, everyone. Every, not one person had one bad thing to say no, about Prince musically. So. I think Justin Bieber made an off-putting statement about Prince, and now his fans have shunned him. Yeah, he said that um, Prince wasn't the greatest live performer or something like that. Like what? Like you are? Like you dude? are, yeah. yeah. Asshole. Eat a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I got some new music. Yes. Some more new music, because I, I, I was very excited. Um, once in a while, I'll listen to Little Steven's Underground Garage. And he will have a coolest song of the week. And this was the coolest song of the week. And I never heard of this guy before. Willie Nile. I don't know. Well, it's N-I-L-E. I don't know if they pronounce it Willie Nile or Willie Nilly. Uh. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's Willie Nile. <laughs> so I, I heard this song that I'm going to play for you. And I'm like, this is great. He's like a, he's like a kind of a punk rock um, Bruce Springsteen. You know, nice. maybe you cross Bruce Springsteen with a Mike Ness. Mm-hmm. But then I start going deeper into his catalog, and it's a lot of folk stuff. Um, he's released 10 studio albums since 1980. Um, 
and uh, t- ten studio albums since nineteen eighty, and also five live albums. Because wow. you know, he, he I guess the big thing is to see this guy live. So he's been around for a while, and I haven't even scratched the surface of his back catalog. But I'm going to play you uh, the song off uh, his latest album, and the song is called "Forever Wild," and I think it's pronounced Willie Nile, N I L E at W I L L I E Willie Nile. Uh, Forever Wild, check this shit out. It's good. Like one to another, we'd be the same through sun and rain. Sixteen and crazy, we were ragged and free. We'd get loud and loud, we'd always be.
you're gonna be lying awake in bed tonight singing that song in your head. I really dig that, man. That was a good, yeah. good find. Wow. That's a good album. Uh, and check and check out his um, his back catalog. I'm still getting through it. It's good stuff. Now, you this know. is um, this is the latest release. Yeah, this one. Wow. Just came, it came out. out in like '74, right? Yeah. It's got that vibe to it, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, kind of like if you, like I said, if you mix like a Bruce Springsteen with a Mike Ness and maybe a little Dylan in there. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. That's good stuff. I was so happy that uh, I, that, that I came across that. Um, and then I finally I got a a new song from Rob Zombie. Oh, his new album comes out this weekend. The new album is called. The Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. That gonna fit on the spine of a CD. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I, what I love about it, it's not. It's not. It's not an Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration. It's a dispenser of that. Wow, that's, that's deep. deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he's he he's got a few things that I think. Uh, could be considered singles, but I, I, I took a song uh, that I, I think I really dig because there's a cool organ in it, and it, it's, it seems like it could be very um, Alice Cooper-ish, which I know you'll appreciate. So the song I got for you is The Hideous Exhibitions of a Dedicated Gore Whore. Wow. New stuff from Rob Zombie. <laughs> Checking out. Wow, you fucking whore. What fucking a whore. What a whore. What a whore. What a Freak strap to the bed Faded baby, eat the 
was the name of that that band we played with in New York? Goro. Goro. Okay. I'll never forget those yeah, guys. They loved us. So yeah, new stuff from Rob Zombie, and I should say, um, every single song on the album, uh, aside from having ridiculously long song titles, every song on the album except one is under three minutes long. Nice. So uh, only only one song uh, hits the five minute mark. Everything else is literally two minutes fifty nine seconds or under. Some of them are a minute thirty. Give me my fast pace rock yeah. and roll. Yeah, you know, cheap pops. Yeah. You know, you know, he could fit a lot more in this. He could play the whole album in, yeah. the, uh, in this upcoming tour. I dig Rob Zombie, and you know what? I, I I dig this album already more than the last one. I wasn't really into. Yeah, the last, last one, one wasn't that good. Was that that sick bubble gum? I, yeah. I, I not into it. But uh, yeah, good stuff. And you know, I could definitely hear the uh, Alice Cooper uh, uh, vibe in there. Also, you know what I, I, I listened to? Um, I don't have anything with me today, but uh, I listened to the new Ace Freely album. Oh, yeah, Origins. It's fucking yeah. good. Yeah. I was surprised. Him, yeah. And the stuff he did with John Five, yeah. great stuff. You know, he did a great cover of um, uh, Sunshine of Your Love. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and it's nice to see him working with uh, Paul Stanley on a little something again. Yep. Uh, somebody called into the Eddie Trunk show and was like, do you think they'll ever ever get ace and peter uh, you know for one last hurrah with kiss and eddie trucks like maybe they'd have ace come out for a song or something but he's like i think peter's done he doesn't he's like peter peter doesn't have the uh stamina anymore for a full show maybe they'd bring him out to sing beth or something like that but um you know now that there's a reconnection between paul and uh, ace may hey never say never yeah of course you know they're still thinking that kiss is gonna live forever yeah but uh, that's a that's a topic for another show. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go see a kiss without Gene and Paul, but no, you know, never. It's gonna take a lot to do that. But uh, that's it for me, and that's it for Al. I think that's it. Nothing to plug. No, just, I got nothing um, to plug. Alice Cooper. I, yeah, we're going to see Alice Cooper in two weeks, and um, I got a uh, I got a Sweet Sixteen party to DJ on Saturday night. Awesome. Maybe I'll try to sneak in uh, hideous ex- exhibitions of a dedicated gore whore. You should. But I doubt it because there's not much room between uh, Fetty Wap and uh, 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 Oli Mars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So good times. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. Yes, thank you, everyone. Um, send us your emails. Post on our Facebook page. Um, we will read it. We will. Yeah. We will read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you. See ya.